Oh, hey, so this is uh, Dumb and Dumbest with Matt Bacon and my co-host, uh, Curtis Dewar. Uh, Curtis, say hello. I'm saying hello right now. Hello, hello, hello. This is episode two of our show. We're obviously still not very good at this. Um, but we appreciate the kind people who've actually come up. I've had a couple people come up and say they enjoyed the first episode at shows and on the internet. And when people on the internet think you're cool, that means you're getting somewhere. Right, Curtis? Most of, most of the time, yes. I agree with that statement. And that actually ties into <clears throat> our topic for the day, which is, is there such a thing as bad PR? Can I speak? You can speak. Would you like to speak? I would like to speak about this topic, if I may. <laughs> this is my area of expertise, apparently. <laughs> yes. So, so um, here's my thought on is there such a good thing as bad, or such a thing as bad PR? In most instances, no. Like, take, for example, a guy like Kanye West. Um, Kanye pisses everybody off. One day he's saying he loves Donald Trump. The next day he's saying he loves Bill Clinton. Um, he gets his name out there and he sells, still sells millions of dollars worth of products. And people, the people who hate him still hate him. And the people who love him still love him. And he still sells a ton of product either way. So he's a perfect example of it. And he's been a dick to Taylor Swift, you know. He's st- and then he still sold millions of albums. He's been a jerk to Beck, you know. What can you say? Yeah. Uh, he, um, he has a very deep understanding that if he gets his name out to a new batch of people, mm-hmm. people, whether they like it or not, are going to check him out because he's that fucking good. Well, it's not just that, that he's that good. I mean, I don't, I don't like the guy's music personally at all, but I love watching, watching what he's going to do because you just never know what the hell he's going to do. Well, yeah, and that's part of the appeal. Is exactly. That. So I, I like reading his Twitter feed. I'm signed up for his Twitter feed. I can't stand his music. No, that's totally fair. And I think there's a lot of people like that who, who get off on sort of, you know, get off. I don't want to say on the shock value, but that. Sort of, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's crazy. You know, it is like one day he's talking about, he took some uh, conservative talk show host uh, on, on a tour or something with him. And everybody was freaking out about it, who liberal people at least. And the next week, week after, he's he's talking about Bill Bill Clinton being like his buddy, you know, or one of the Clintons. I can't remember which one it was, but you know, it's amazing. He's got all, all both side pol, uh, pol, politicized sides in the U.S. talking about him at the same time. Both and he has fans in both sides. I think it's amazing. Yeah, no, he he totally gets it. I do think though that you can have bad PR in the sense that you're like legitimately a shitty person you can but here's my question though how come certain individuals can get away with doing the quote-unquote shitty things and other people can't you know what i mean like who's that guy that was in uh there was an american politician about uh last year he was a comedian who got uh, a picture taken of him groping the woman's breasts and most people didn't want him to, be, to resign i forget what his name was al something I'm honestly, I honestly don't know. I was Franken. Franken. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I mean, lots of people didn't want him to resign. There was a small faction of people that did, but the vast majority of people, they just didn't care because he's a comedian. You know what I mean? But he, that was, he had tons of negative press and I, I saw something the other day that people are still wanting to run for office, you know? So yeah. But simultaneously, you also have people like, you know, Chris Brown who beat Rihanna well, that and, beating someone up and doing something illegal like that—that—that's a little bit tougher. Yeah, that. But but he's still yeah. back where he was. 
yeah, that that's a little that yeah, I, that's kind of hard to spin. No matter which way you look at it, like if you actually get into, you know, felony type behavior, that's a little bit different than you know. Yeah, I I know what you're saying, but I mean, I guess it also depends on how you look at it. Because look at some of the rap guys in the '90s; they they'd murder people, you know, and then there nothing happened. It kind of depends on how you pre- on how the person reacts to it. I think is what it is. The person that's getting the bad publicity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now that being said, there's also things you can do in sort of your imaging that can hurt you. Like totally. we, there was a recent video, a recent picture that went viral mm-hmm. of a. On the Weed Eater merch table, there was a piece of paper that said, we need pills, anything helps. The band put that? Yeah. Well, that went by. I didn't see this, so I can't really comment on it. But, I mean, for a band named Weedian, I don't know if that would necessarily be too harmful to their reputation, if you know what I mean. Weed Eater. A weed eater. Well, still a weed eater. Then whatever. I mean. Yeah. Pop, no, but I, I, I think there's. Pills. I think there's definitely bands out there who get a reputation as, um drug addict bands and people don't want to deal with them you exactly. know look at well, look at i don't know uh Nacmistium or however you say the name or lord dying well here's the thing here well here i don't know i don't know about lord dying not, sorry not lord dying oh my god um oh. i totally misspoke there i i used to manage lord dying they're my friends oh. i met lord mantis <laughs> oh my lord god mantis. That terrible. that's awesome um there's good. There's there's a good PR PR uh, goof right there. But anyways, uh, anyways, I don't know much about them, but I do know that again. I think it depends on how the band or individual handles uh, the negative press. Like if you look at something like uh, I Hate God, for example, those they had tons of problems with drugs, and they're still popular. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were dealing with heroin. Uh, didn't the one guy? I don't know much about them, but if my my recall is correct, the one guy was. Uh, not able to travel to any countries for years because he had so many drug offenses. So, you know, I, I mean, it depends. Like, I mean, he, he's not going around apologizing for being a drug addict. So I think that's why it's not affecting him. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's so, very fair. I think it's more like if you kind of, if you get the negative, if you get some, if you get caught in a bad, like my own opinion is if you get caught in a bad situation and you start apologizing for it, um, that can leave you open to more attacks, you know what I mean? And more negative press. But if you kind of own up to it and like, okay, well I did it. It's less, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? <clears throat> so like if you were caught doing something illegal, for example, like let's say tomorrow you got caught stealing uh, $10,000 from, I don't know, one of the bands you manage. It would kind of depend on how you reacted to that knowledge, to that information getting out, I think. Uh, for it affecting you long term, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that if you look at someone like Gene Simmons, yeah, he, you know, has done a lot of terrible stuff in his life, mm-hmm. and yet he, he also is just like, yeah, fuck you, I'm Gene Simmons. Exactly. That's just kind of where it's at. But the other thing too is that he's also the other thing with Gene though at the same time is he also points a lot out a lot of the good things that he's done too. Like he did a whole that whole Gene Simmons family jewels thing. That was like a ten year PR campaign that he did right there just oh, on yeah, himself. Definitely. There was that thing where they showed him donating all that money to the kids in Africa. He sponsored all those schools. They showed him going to his old neighborhood and you know how he bought his mom a house and 
You know what I mean? And they basically made it like, look, he's he's a bad guy, bad guy by act, but in reality, he's this nice guy who's got this great family, and you know, he rose, and he actually uh, raised these two kids. And I mean, that's why I think he's immune to it, is because I mean, he's got such an awful past with all these, you know, all these, uh, you know, things that he's done, and it's kind of like it's just washing off him because he basically saying, yeah, yeah, I do that as a character, but who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, and I think it's I think it's important to differentiate between the character and who you are. You know, there's a reason. Exactly. There's a reason I operate as Matt Bacon. There's a reason you know my number one Rob Wrong operates as Rob Wrong. Those yeah. are not our those are not our actual names. What they, they let us kind of have. You know, I don't want I don't want to say like a, a costume, but it like you know there, it's it's nice that there's a little bit of separation between this and the other guy. Well, yeah, if you ever get caught out doing something in music, then you can just be like, I don't know that guy because that's not my real name. Jesus Christ. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally um, kidding. I'm trying to be intentionally controversial for this podcast. Dear God, I don't need any more controversy. Sure. <laughs> Point being, yeah, there is some bad PR, I think we can agree. I think that if you, if you end up in uh, some certain negative situations, you know, there's no... There's no coming back. Look at fucking Gary Glitter. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. But then again, look at someone like Pete Townsend. So, I mean, again, I think it's kind of like how you spin it. I think there, like I said, I do think there is such a thing as bad PR. But I think at the same time, there's been lots of people that have had horrendous PR incidents happen to them. And they just bounce back. And it can just be awful things, too. Like Pete Townsend's a great, great example of that right there. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, he, he he what he did was just inexcusable, and like he's still out there, and he's the you know he's a good he's world famous. Anybody would go around and try to ask him for his autographs if they saw him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Same no. thing with Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page is like Jimmy one Page is like one of the worst people ever. Exactly. Well, at least in music, him and Ted Nugent are just probably well. I mean, he's probably worse than Ted Nugent by far. I mean, he basically kidnapped the girl who was fourteen for what four years or something like that. Basically, yeah. So, I mean, like water off a duck's back, you know what I mean? You know, like he's untouchable, yet some guy, other guy will just... So, I mean, it's just, it's kind of like how they present it. Because, like, Jimmy Page doesn't really seem to give a crap that he did that. And I'm not saying that's right, but it seems to be that the formula seems to be if you kind of, like, don't really make an issue of it yourself and you don't don't make it a big deal, it seems to just kind of go away. Yeah. I don't want to test that theory out myself and do something stupid, obviously, but it, that's the way it looks like to me. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your opinion, Matt? I mean, I, it's kind of the same. I think that if you, you know, just keep keep on keeping on, people generally, you know, time heals all wounds. It does a lot of the time, but at the same time, you don't want to get yourself in that. I think I think the real moral of the story is you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you are getting bad PR. But if yeah. for some reason you do, you want to be careful how you handle it. You don't want to make the negative um, more noticeable and you just kind of want to like go like, yeah, I did it type of thing, you know, and this is what I'm doing to take responsibility for it. Yeah, pretty much. That's the way it looks like to me at least. Yeah, and you know, you also have to be willing to let other people grow. I mm-hmm. think that otherwise we have a one strike society and that seems not great. 
Yeah, and that's been happening a lot lately. I mean, there's all these people right now that are getting that are getting uh, crucified for old tweets that they've said, both right and left leaning. So there's yeah. lots on well, both sides. I, th- I think like well, same with like there was an interesting article on Crack.com before Crack.com was shit, mm-hmm. uh, with one of the main columnists talking about how here's an article I wrote in 2006 with a bunch of homophobic jokes. Yeah, and those jokes were okay to make up until about 2010, which is when the well, that- crossover happened. That's not really true because even when I was in high school, it was it wasn't okay to be making homophobic jokes. You know what I mean? So you can say that to a degree, but yeah, well, or even like it. even like uh, Childish Gambino has so, videos from like his first acting troupe. Yeah, or like based on you know uh, homophobic jokes, or or like uh, College Humor, which is like one of the biggest entertainment sites for you know sixteen to twenty four. Well, I think it also depends on how you and how you take it too. I mean, a lot of times people choose to be offended by things just because they don't like the person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like, it it a lot of it depends upon your politics. Because like, um, I follow both. I follow. I don't follow a lot of political accounts on Twitter, but I do see people from both right and left leaning and even centrist leaning, and I I, I read what they say because it's interesting to see the interactions. Right, so. Like if a person on your side says something offensive, you seem to be, it seems like the per, like they're defended. But if they say something offensive, then they're more likely to jump on them. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Side. Hopefully that made sense. No, it does. It's um yeah. There's a lot of polarization. I think especially within music scenes too. I think that there's a lot of people who don't understand that we're all in this together, and that like everyone has resources to bring to the table and if you don't bring those resources to the table you're not contributing you know what i mean i, agree. I mean the thing is too is if is if you're you also don't want to be a crappy person to other people i mean if you got i mean hopefully this is coming across clear on my end is that i'm not saying that people should be should voice crappy opinions to each other but if they do then they should handle it in a certain way is all i'm saying right but they shouldn't in the first place. Hopefully that made sense. No, uh, you know, it definitely did. I think that, I, I think that it's, you got to appreciate that what's done is done and yeah. go from there. Exactly. And if the person's going to be, if the person's continuously being an asshole, that's a different story than just one slip up. Right. So that's yeah. my viewpoint. Exactly. Anyway, I, um, I think we're coming towards the end of this particular episode of Dumb and Dumbest. Yay! Uh, so I think what we're going to have as a regular feature on Dumb and mm-hmm. Dumbest is a is a segment I'm going to propose to you right now. Okay, it's going to be okay. called the Gripe of the Week. Oh, dude, let's do this right now. Let's do Gripe of the Week before we end off. Okay, so what's your Gripe of the Week? Well, I want to hear yours first, and I want to see, I want to see if it mine, mine matches yours. Okay, my gripe of the week is, well, this is an easy gripe of the week. It's people who ask me questions that they can Google. And people who don't do any research in the scene before asking me a question. We'll give an example of that, Matt. So, for example, it's like if you're, if you hit me up and you say, and let's let's say you're from, uh, I live in Brooklyn. Let's say you're from Chicago. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's say you hit me up and you say, do you know any promoters in Chicago? Oh, geez. 
That happens to me all the time. Yeah. If you asked like three people in your scene, you would have found out. Yeah, no kidding. But instead you decided to go to this guy and make him think you're a dumbass and not connected and a drain on the scene. That's a fucking bad PR right there is being a drain on the scene. More consistently than any bad thing you might do Mm -hmm. is if you are a fucking leech, fucking begging for money, begging for shows, not drawing anyone at the shows you play, whining constantly that promoters don't want to book you because no one comes to see your shitty fucking band. Yep. That is bad PR. Bad PR comes through being consistently shitty. I agree. Yeah, 100%. I mean, can I say my gripe of the week? Are you done? Yes. Cool. My gripe of the week is this happens to me more often than than most people would believe. So I'll get someone hire me. Like they'll approach me. They'll be like, Curtis, I want to use you for PR. I'll be like, sure. And then um, I'll get them a, a bunch of press. I'll get them a bunch of interviews. And they don't answer their emails ever or they don't answer their interviews ever. For example, I have one band in particular who I sent an interview to four months ago. The contract's been done for at least two months. Still haven't answered the interview. And it's embarrassing because these guys aren't well-known, you know what I mean? And that happens more often than you think. Well, here, here's the thing with that. Yeah. Is that if you're that kind of band, you have to admit is you don't actually give a shit. Because well, it's, it's well, yeah, yeah, they don't actually give a shit. Because even if your excuse is, oh, well, I don't want to fill out that text interview because I could use my time to fucking promote my, myself better. Are you actually using the 15 minutes or 20 minutes it was going to take you to fill out the text interview to promote your band? Or are you using it to jack off and smoke weed? Pretty much. out of 10, you're using it to jack off and smoke weed. Fuck you. I agree. And the other thing, too, is that uh, if someone's going to – and if they're going to complain that they got a form interview, sorry to break it to bands, but that's what happens when you're new. You're going to get a ton of form interviews. It's the way it rolls. When, When we did the Exhorter launch, Curtis worked with me on this. This was the biggest press event. I've ever worked on, I think the biggest press event you've ever worked on, Curtis. Yeah, probably. I, I can't think of anything bigger, no. And there were form interviews that came in. I use this example all the time. Form interviews came in, and a lot of them were generic questions. Yep. And, you know, the, you know, there was a couple rules for questions with Exhorter. Uh, you know, nothing like, they weren't dicks about it, but there's just a couple rules and whatever. And so I made sure all the, all the, you know, all the questions matched the basic rules, but very basic questions got through, and they didn't care because Kyle Thomas fucking owned it every well, yeah. you look at those first couple interviews uh that were like that are like obviously form interviews and a lot of the questions are dumb and generic like yep. why did you decide to reunite and he didn't fucking copy paste answers <laughs> he didn't fucking dick around he gave thorough smart answers to every single I, my respect for him exploded well, well here's the thing i've noticed is bands that are around from that time period like the 90s and 80s and stuff like that they're also used to fan fanzines and stuff right but from back then so <laughs> I think that it's more of a, I think they're more used to uh, answering the same question over and over again. And they, and they have a lot more respect for bloggers as a result of that. That's my own opinion on it. But I mean, I think that's a part of it, but I also think it's, it's really just like a, if, if you're getting a form interview, that's still a piece of press. Like totally take it. You know, it's yeah. more press than you got yesterday when you were doing nothing. Yeah. And if, if fucking Kyle Thomas is willing to do it, that dude's in trouble and Exhorter, and Alabama Thunder Pussy, and fucking probably eight other bands I'm forgetting. Like, you're not. 
you know, if you're if you're taking time away from your form interview to go get in Revolver, yep. then yes, be my guest. How many bands are getting into Revolver that are uh, that are at the indie level? Not many, though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a fair amount. They do a very good job at Revolver. They do nowadays. Yeah, I gotta I gotta give them props. They're no longer but no longer the alternative metal kings. But yeah. But but regardless, but that's not but but that's not what I'm trying to say. I was just using yeah. them as a example of like a yeah. major site. Like yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But still, why not do both? Like odds are you're not that busy that you know you can't do your revolver thing and also your thing for Burt's Metal Blog six six six. Well, here's the other thing: is even if they are busy. They're hiring you or me to get get that job done for them, and if they just want to piss their money away, that's their that's their call. But I mean, to me, it's why would you pay someone to do your promotion and then bitch when they get you something? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, pretty much. Well, the other thing too is that another thing too, and you know you know this as well as I do, is that the more you produce, the more you eventually get of other things, right? So if you get yeah. some form production, which is an interview for a musician, then the more interviews you're going to get. So you know, if I, if I have a musician that's not going to answer, like I had this one band, I'm not going to name any names, who were on a, who were fairly well known that I worked with back in March, um, who refused to do absolutely any interviews whatsoever because they thought they were too good for it. Just 100%. They didn't want to answer anything. Most embarrassing thing I've ever, ever had to work with, and people were refusing to review the album as a result of that. Yeah. Really well known band. You could probably do the math on who that is if you really wanted to look. Word gets around. Yeah, it does. I mean, I'll never want to work with these guys ever again. Their attitude was fucking horrible. Yeah. So that's what you get for working with Metallica, Curtis. Yeah, right. (laughs) Not quite that that level. (laughs) We're even close to that level. (laughs) For the record, it would not surprise me if Metallica do form interviews. They probably, well, they may, they may not. I mean, it kind of depends because, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, the question would be, does their publicist let them let them do it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I could, like, see fucking, you know, James Hetfield, because he's just that kind of guy. Yeah, I think he would if it, if it was given to him, whether his publicist lets him or not, I don't know. Yeah, you know, just... Uh, his publicist is probably paid very well to be a gatekeeper to only let very few people in oh for sure but you get what i'm trying to say i do i do i think they would do i agree with you that they would do it if they were given the opportunity for sure you know and it would be beautifully written not just because they got a ghostwriter but because they understand you have to give a shit well they were also too or they were around back in the 80s 90s when fanzines were around they they were probably happy to do whatever press they could in the beginning when they were just starting out this is fair and that's how they got to be so big is because of the fact that they kept doing that and the word kept getting around. There, there's a good, there's a good hint for you right there. Yeah. There you go. And the one last thing I just want to mention on that too, is that if you do do an interview, one of those form interviews, even if you don't like it, the, the site will generally also share the link. So then you'll also get a chance to get even more views as a result of that. So it's double the press. So you get social media shares, you get the site, you get this link on the blog, you know, you're going to get some views out of it, even if it, even if it's not very many. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Cool. Well, um, that's uh, that's this second episode of Dumb and Dumbest, um, and I guess we're gonna leave it at that and see what happens. Sounds great. Perfect. We'll take care, Curtis, and we're gonna.
just so that y'all can understand, we're actually going to do batch recording of interviews, I think, starting on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try to do three a week to start, and then we're going to probably sift over to five a week in the next few months. As many as we can. Yeah, because that's what Gary V says to do. Yep, Gary V is the king. Hell, Gary V. You can, you can imagine us making weird like arm gestures as we're. I'm not making saying. an arm gesture to Gary V. Oh, okay. I was doing like a Zoltan thing, like from oh. Dude, Where's My Car. Oh, you know? I think you're talking. I thought you were talking about something else. Okay. Oh no, no, no! I, I'm doing like a Zoltan thing, like okay. Gary V. Zoltan. I'll give him the horns. I'll give, I'll give him the horns. How about that? Okay, there you go. Hooray for Gary V. Yeah, Gary. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening to our our rambling. Take care of yourselves. Have a good night. Bye.